Welcome to the Naples Community Church Podcast with Pastor Kurt Anderson. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you find this sermon inspires you, builds your faith, and gives you perspective to see God moving in your life. We trust God has great things in store for you. Enjoy today's message. So Paul had it all. We might liken this to somebody who was born into an exceedingly wealthy family, had, by virtue of his birth, was respected, and he grew up at the country club like a lot of other rich kids, and he went to the very best schools, and his parents didn't have to bribe a coach or anyone else to get him into one of the Ivy League schools. He was one of the brightest and best. He had it all. And he went on from there in his career. He was a respected member of the court, a Pharisee. And as he says, he was so zealous that he even started out his life as uh, after the so-called resurrection of Jesus. He started out by persecuting Christians. That was how strongly he was committed to what he was doing. He had it all. And yet he didn't lean on that just which that which he just inherited, but he he drew upon his efforts as well. He achieved so much in his life. And he, he was kind of glad about it. He said, if anyone can boast, I can boast. I did what I had to do. I achieved all these things. I was way up there. And all this worldly stuff, all these worldly accomplishments, he calls the works of the flesh. His own efforts. And he says, it is to me now all garbage, which is a kind word. The word that Paul actually used, it's in the only, only place in the New Testament, is one of those words that we teach our children not to say. It was one of those really edgy words, but Paul says it's all garbage because it is worthless, without value whatsoever. How did he get there? You know the story. He was going to Damascus to persecute the church. and The risen Christ met him on the road. He was blinded. And in his blindness, all he could see was his life reflecting back at him. All that effort, all that trying, all those acts of persecution that he thought was gaining him something in this life. He came to realize that the only thing that mattered, the only thing that mattered was knowing Christ, knowing God. And so the Apostle Paul was absolutely zeroed out. He had to start all over again. He had to be born anew, born again, a whole new origin. 
because everything he had done up to that point was loss. Naples is an interesting town. I've experienced here what I call career inflation. That the longer somebody is retired, the better their career gets. They used to be middle management, but then after a few years, they were upper management. And sooner or later, you know, they were the CEO of some company we've never even heard of. But, and it's funny, but it's also kind of sad. As if all that stuff is what matters. As if acquiring position, power, money... How long do we have to be around till we realize that's not, that's not where it's at? Those are wonderful things. They're good gifts, but they're lousy gods. We make it our God. We find ourselves ultimately in deep disappointment because we can never be good enough at that. And it gets to be sad. So instead, we... We have to retool our lives at some point and realize that we can't go back, we can't reclaim. Or, earlier the better, we can affirm the reality that in Christ, none of that matters. None of it. It's good to pay bills and maybe exchange out some kitchen countertops and that sort of thing. But that is the stuff that the Apostle Paul dismisses and says it's, it's just it's garbage. It's not worth anything. And when we come to that point, as Paul did, and we're, we're zeroed out, we're, we ground out, and we realize that all of our pursuits have been wrong up to this point, no matter where we are in life. we're left to a place where we have to start over again in our thinking about what is really important. We have to do some work to begin to think more fundamentally. We've got to tap down with our hearts and with our minds about what is really truly important in this life. I shared this concept with my class on on Wednesday, what, what is the deepest thought that we have? Thinking about it this morning, I got up and poured my orange juice and went to the coffee pot and made my coffee. I can do it almost without thinking. All kinds of things I can do without thinking. I do so many things without thinking, I wonder sometimes if I remembered to do this and I just did it without thinking. So I'll, I've, I've actually pulled back into the garage and gone back into the house only to realize that what I was looking for was in my other pocket. <laughs> we do things without thinking. And then, you know, we, we go down in that, we get deeper in thought. and We think about maybe our relationships, our loved ones, our family. We're getting there. We're getting closer because when we think about the subtleties and nuances of our relationships with one another and how do we adapt and adjust, we realize everyone's got a personality. Sometimes people just annoy us. 
But how do we do the workaround? How do we adapt and adjust ourselves? So that, that's a level of thinking that we, that we go to that's even deeper. When I was in seminary, I remember thinking that, well, here, we're going to get to the real stuff. And then I was taking Greek and Hebrew. I remember driving down from Princeton to Wilmington, Delaware, with flashcards on the wheel of the car, trying to remember these things. And it was just rote memorization to get through Greek and Hebrew. And then learning to read this esoteric stuff of theology, trying to figure out how they write and their, their academies. And I thought, well, this is really deep thought. But it wasn't. It's not deep to, to think about God or what is God, to learn about God. We can learn the scriptures, which we have to do, and that's good and necessary. But there's a difference between knowing about God and knowing God, an awareness of God, a relationship with God, a personal relationship with God. That's what I was looking for when I went into seminary because in my young life days in high school, that's what they talked about, a personal relationship with God. And I often wonder, what does that really mean? The Apostle Paul got to a point where, as compared to knowing God, all of the other stuff was worthless. Knowing God is what enabled Daniel went in Babylon to go into the lion's den with the faith. Not because he knew something about God, but because he knew God. That somehow God would, would save him from the lions. So he goes into the lion's den. And the king is worried because he had made friends with Daniel. The king gets up the next morning, rushes down, and he sees Daniel and they're petting their manes. He had that confidence because of knowing God. Knowing God. Jim Elliott, the missionary who went to South America to preach the gospel to primitive Indian tribes, was killed by, by some of those tribes. And one of the deep realities that saw him through that entire experience was his belief that he is no, he is no fool, he says, who gives what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. None of us can keep this life. So we give what we cannot keep to gain what we cannot lose. The, the deep realities of the knowledge of God. 17th century 
Russian monk puts it this way. The true aim of our Christian life consists in the acquisition of the knowledge of God. As for fasts and vigils and prayer and almsgiving and every good deed done for Christ's sake, they are only means of acquiring knowledge of God. So here I am in that kind of esoteric place of, preacher, what are you talking about? And the reality is, I only know what I'm talking about when I experience it. That somehow when I, when I know that I know God, I have the confidence that Paul did. When I have a deep abiding sense that no matter what happens, because I know God, it's going to be okay. You know, I've been charmed during this COVID thing by our dear brother here. Because he's not afraid to die. Because he knows God. He knows God. I don't know if I know God as Bill does. I don't want to die. <laughs> Not for a long time. I don't make it to 100. But to know God, to know him, so that no matter what it is that we encounter in this life, nothing can be taken away from us when we have that which we cannot lose. There was an attorney in Chicago, a very accomplished attorney, a senior partner in his firm, and he had four gorgeous little girls, gorgeous daughters, and, and yet he got, there was a, a huge fire in Chicago, and he got financially wiped out almost entirely. He lost almost everything he had. And in this, he was preparing himself for a meeting with some creditors in London. So he decided to send his wife and girls ahead of him. And on they went. On the way in the North Atlantic, their steamship collided with another ship. And mother telegraphed from London, alone saved. After losing everything in the Chicago fire, he now lost the four dearest things in his life, his little girls. As soon as he could, he boarded another steamer and asked that the captain let him know when they were in proximity of the place where that ship had gone down. Knock on his door late at night, and he went out to the rail and looked down and saw his, his tears drop into the water. Coming off of that experience, Horatio Spafford wrote, 
when peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrows like sea billows roll, whatever forgot, whatever my lot, thou hast taught me to say, it is well, it is well with my soul. He can only say that because he knew God. Having lost all that he achieved in life, having lost that which was so dear to him in life, because he knew God, Spafford could write those words and say that it's well with my soul. He dedicated the rest of his life to the service of ministry. Started a, a community of believers called the Overcomers. They ended up relocating to Israel where they helped the poor and the needy. And when he died, he died not as one who looked back over his life and regretted everything he had lost because he didn't try to cling to that which he could lose. He looked back and was grateful for all that he had gained. Knowing God. Knowing about his, his important prayer, study of Scripture, the fellowship of God's people together, discussion of all these political issues through the eyes of faith and what is this, how does our faith inform us. All of these things participate such that there are times and moments when we must touch ground. And sometimes it is when we're going to be rolled into the operating room or we receive the word of one so loved and dear to us who is lost. To know God at such times puts everything else, even a week like this, in proper perspective. You join me in prayer. Lord, that we may know you. You are alive. You're a living God. You're not out there beyond the universe. You're with us, among us. You love us. You embrace us. Heighten our sensibilities. We may see you and know you, for we are first loved. Pray in Jesus' name. If you enjoyed today's podcast, there are a few things you can do. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. For more information, you can visit us online at www.naplescommunitychurch.org. If you happen to be visiting Naples, please drop in for our Sunday service at 10 a.m. We'd love to meet you. Thanks again for joining us. Have a fabulous day.